Welcome to Turn the Page. Design your dream career podcast with me, Tyann. And me, Kyla. This is the podcast we wish existed as we fantasized for a decade about trading our corporate jobs for a dreamy life of passion and travel. We're sharing all of the misperceptions that kept us plugged into the corporate matrix and rat race, including the falsehood that we had to completely start over from scratch versus simply turn the page. Welcome to episode two. We are back to continue our fun conversation with my co-host, Ty Ann. Yay! We talked in the last episode about some of those whispers that started to show up when we would vision. We knew that there was something that we wanted that we didn't have, and we started to move toward them. We looked in the mirror a couple times, but we still didn't leave our jobs. We're not there yet, Kyla. No, we we weren't there yet, and we know you may not be there yet either, and that's okay. It is a big jury. It is a long process, and so if nothing else, we want to make sure that you understand it is a journey. It's a process. Um, We do not expect you to listen to one episode. And go and quit your job with your hands raised in the air. And we don't recommend that, actually. No, no, please do not do that. <laughs> this is a process. You need to have a plan. Stick with us. We will make sure that you have all the steps in place so that you can design the life for you. Exactly. So we're going to talk about, you know, we had we had sort of these mirror moments. We started doing some visioning. And so that gave us a lens to start to pay attention even more for where there were at places in our career where something was not like the other. Was it Sesame Street? Where What was it? that so, It was a shape that wasn't like another? Is that right? I think so, yeah. One ounce yeah. things is not like the other. Yes. So we started to see how we weren't like the others, right? Oh, my gosh. So many things, especially looking back and when you can start to put all these little pieces together. Yes. And one of these things is not like the other. Yes. And we started to notice it. Absolutely. Around personality inventories. Yeah. Right. Which, by the way, I never met a personality inventory. I did not want it. I love personality inventories. I've taken them all. Me too. To this day. What's your new favorite one? Okay. Well, obviously, Enneagram is having a moment. Yes, it is. Enneagram. Yes. That one's that one is coming around. Yes. You know, which Harry Potter house are you? Yes. Yes. I, by the way, I always knew I was Ravenclaw. And then when I went to Universal, um, I had the sorting hat actually sort. Really? Yes. And which are you? It confirmed I was Ravenclaw. I was So I love it. Well, you know, I don't even give my husband personality tests. I just tell him what he is. <laughs> so one of my superpowers is I don't even need to do inventories on other people. You can just. I can just. No. I can figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does Matt react to that? He does not like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your Enneagram? My Enneagram is two, of course. The helper. To you, a helper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about you? I'm a three. Which is um is that kind of the achiever? Uh, the yeah. driver. Not surprising. Something like that. Yes. yes. I love it. I'll get the official. I love it. But I love it. Well, my new favorite one is um twofold. Um Gretchen Rubin. I love Gretchen. Four tendencies, yes. what motivates you. Yes. Very helpful in this yes. process to know really who you are and where you might need support, right? We're going to talk about community in a little bit. Right. And then my other favorite one is the power of when, which is based on your body clock. And it not only helps you with, you know, when is the best time to do deep working, the deep thinking, but also, 
you know, do you want to get up slow? Do you, we talked about slow mornings in the last episode? So we want to um, again, it, it really continue to uncover who we really are because the more we stand in that alignment, yes, the more the world is magic, right? Well, and I think the idea that going to an office and working at the same level of peak productivity for eight hours a day. I think that is a colossal myth if ever there was one. Well, they say 60% of people, 60% of your time is wasted, actually, in a a traditional working environment. No doubt. In a 40-hour week, 60% wasted. Kyla, I think the vast majority of time at work is what I call grab ass. I mean, this is not a G-rated podcast. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Water cooler. Just jibber jab, check in boxes, taking names to the Brie crew and talking about this. And not to say there's not social value. Of course, we love connections, these humans. Connections as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And there's definitely value. But in terms of pure driving the business forward. Yes. 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 Yeah. And in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk about how we have created, understood and created value in our business in a way that we don't work 40 hours a week anymore. Oh, God. And the value we create is exponential to when we worked 60 hours a week. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So we're going to talk about that and how you can understand those those differences and make it true. Yes, because if we had understood how to create oh. and communicate value. and deliver value when we were in corporate the way we do now, would have been would have been a game changer. We would have been CEO. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So back to the personality inventory. Yes. Um, one of the big ones out there is Myers-Briggs. Love it. Old, oldie and a goodie. Yes. So um, tell us which Myers-Briggs type are you? Yes. So this happened in corporate America. I, we, My whole team of 100 people, my whole department went through Myers-Briggs. As often teams do. Often teams do. And I will tell you that some of the people that I worked with that I had so much frustration with, once I saw their Myers-Briggs, I understood them in a way that was so powerful. It literally changed the trajectory of our, of our working relationship. How amazing is that? That's a big deal. Right? I think, too, at the core of a lot of inventories, I get this question, like, which one is the best? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I think there's utility in a lot of them, mm-hmm. but it really is about relationship and communication. Yes. Absolutely. Take, pick any of them. I think if you can get that, yes, then they're useful. Absolutely. So I remember also, um, so I'm an INFJ, uh, which is, you know, they, they sort of name them. It's the counselor, uh, which again, so I'm the helper, I'm the counselor. I mean, they all reveal the same thing. Yeah. And so we did the Myers-Briggs and, and they put, we were in a conference, a massive conference room that would fit 100 people. And they physically put boxes on the floor of the conference room for each of the personality types. I have seen that done before, too. And you would go stand in your box. Okay. There are 16 possible combinations, by the way. And guess who was in a box by herself? Ooh, was it Kyla Martin? 100 people, right, that are all in the same department. So one would think... We had similar... Statistically. Statistically. You would think there would be... One of these things is not like the other. Oh, right. And in that moment, I had this uh, sort of dichotomy of fear and pride. Right? Uh, I I am alone. I am not like these people. But there was some part of that that was affirming. 
because those whispers it explained a lot started to be explained yeah wow yes okay so there's so much we could unpack there was there any part of you that felt um a little bit of um shame maybe yes and i think that's where the fear came from right okay. So, you know, another another inventory we do in corporate America could be strength finders, which we're going to talk a lot about in a second. Um, Obviously, one of my favorites. Yes. But I think that, you know, sometimes these inventories are used to shame, which is so unfortunate and obviously not the way any inventory should be used ever. The intention is to be known, to be understood, right, to move more into your zone of genius. And so, yeah, I mean, there was a, I'm not like the others. So they don't know how to, you know, rank me. They don't know how to promote me. You know, there's a, we tend to have job families in corporate America. And what would you do with someone who was in a box, who's like ourselves, who's an outlier, Malcolm Gladwell style, right? Yeah. Yeah, By the way, love Malcolm Gladwell. Love Yes. Okay. You're a literal outlier. Literal outlier. And so there was some, some you know, I felt some shame. And then there was also envy. Uh, Sometimes there's strength envy, strength shaming. And of the people that were in the box that, of course, were the sort of commander. So if we think about DISC, the D, the dominant, right? The, The traits of people who are usually the CEOs of companies, right? And in corporate America, everyone wants those same strengths, that same inventory. Driving. Yes. Typical. Even though if everyone was that, no one would be doing the work. Yeah, seems like kind of a room full of assholes, you should think. Again, sorry, PG rating. <laughs> but not everyone can be the commander. Not it. Right. Right. Someone has to do the work. And so I was always so confused because... There can't, everyone can't be the general. And so why would you shame, you know, the, the people who, he said, yeah, yeah. In an organization, you don't have 50 CEOs. Right. Exactly. What? Yes. And so that was an interesting moment of, again, some shame, some affirmation. And then, um, you know, as I continued to do inventories, it became more evidence (laughs) That I was not like the others. Right. And that, again, I think down the road added some fuel to my fire in a great way. But that was only under, as I continued to do my own uncovering and and sort of introspection to sort of find the place that was mine. Um, and truly, you know, I am the only person who can contribute this. And I think that's some of the beautiful things of inventories is that they show you your uniqueness and you're yeah. literally the only person on the planet who can do this job. Yes. Whatever this is, this dream career, as we call it. Yeah. Okay. So that was a good whisper for you. That was a great whisper. And what about you? Was there some some disconnects, some things that were not like the others? Okay. The so starting to see so many. Um, There was one very much like you. So I had a group and we did the Strengths Finder. And it was a leadership group of 11 people. And out of the 11, 10 had Achiever in their (laughs) top five. Shocker. And 10 had Achiever in their top five. One person did not. Yes, who the one person who didn't have Achiever in their top five? So it's George Washington. Uh, No, I'll give you another guess. Um, it was me. So 
you know, uh, in, when you're all going around and you're showing the commonalities, sure, like the team make it sure and everyone's got their, yeah. Who wants to be known as the person without achiever in their top five? No one. No one. No, no one. one. So in terms of a little bit of strength shame, yeah, that was me. And by the way, achiever is the most frequently found theme. Really? It's the most frequently mm-hmm. found strength. What is your number one strength, Tyann? Maximizer. Me too. <laughs> Separated at birth. We have a hashtag. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of those that, um, again, oof, that, that's kind of a hard one. And I think, Kyla, especially with strengths, and we can talk more about this later, there's a little beginner, bit of a beginner strengths trap that people fall into thinking, oh, well, if you don't have, for example, achiever in your top five, you must not then be an achiever. Right. You must not then get anything done. Ah, interesting. People confuse a behavior with a string. More shaming opportunities. Of course. Let's, Let's take any opportunity to drag each other down. As opposed to asking... Oh, well, then what does motivate you to achieve what you do get done? Right. Because you are a fantastically gifted person. And right. I see you do a lot of things. Right. So what is that drive for you then? Right. Because as we know, people gifted in the strength of achieve, achiever, are really driven to finish. Ah. And as you have pointed out to me multiple times, I'm really driven by starting. Yeah. I'm much more yes. energized by starting things. Right. Yes. And and that is a visionary trait. Right. And without vision, imagine all the things in our world that would have never happened without vision. We need all the strengths, right? Right. And I mean, you work with entrepreneurs. You and I are both entrepreneurs. Those are starting. Yes. Yes. So, you know. Knowing these things about ourselves now. Yes. Now we have language to put around these things. Yes. Didn't exactly have the language then to be able to say these things or articulate it. But just back to one of these things is not like the other. Um, Those were some of the early whispers that like, I don't quite fit in. Yes. And I don't quite understand why. I just know I don't fit in. And I feel a little bit strange about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that knowing the whispers, I, I know for you, you started you started to see it show up in other areas. You worked in HR for many years. Yes. And you started to see some disconnects happening with even the way uh, teams and leaders were managed uh, from a performance perspective. What did you start to see um, in, in, the, in the strengths area? So... This is not uncommon in our corporate America, right, where you have some sort of annual or semi-annual or quarterly performance management process, mm-hmm. right? Where you have... Don't miss those, by the way. Oh, that we're entrepreneurs. Gone. And that's <laughs> things I don't miss for a thousand, Alex. Where, how, how familiar does this sound? You have a list of competencies that you're ranked against and you have... Let's pick the ones that you're fine at, and now let's pick three that you are terrible at. And the process that you and I were familiar with was um, the three that you were terrible at suddenly became your individual development plan. How lovely. Isn't it, though? So 
Is that what they were hired for? No. Oh, no, it wasn't. That's why it was not. Mm. And so quickly, my job as the supporting HR person became uh, either firing you because you were doing not the thing we hired you to do or slapping up your tears because you were so dissatisfied. Yes, of course. Or trying to help you make sense of this bizarre system or, I mean, just any number of things that were demotivating, demoralizing. I didn't have the language to put around it, but I knew it was wrong. Yes. It, yes. It just... And you saw the effects of it. I saw the effects every day I had to drag in. And I was the face of this thing oh, for my client. Yes. Similar to having to fire people, right? This is not what you wanted your legacy to be. This wasn't. And I had to defend it. Oh. And I didn't believe in it. Right. Right. And so mm. I, that's a tough one. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So just personally, when I came across the body of work from Gallup, from um, Don Clifton, from Marcus Buckingham, we both have a crush on Marcus Buckingham, by the way. If you don't know who that is, please pause this and your approval. Marcus Buckingham, go to YouTube so you can listen to his wonderful voice. Yes. It's the voice. It's the body of research. It's the face. It's all of it. It's the entire thing. Yes. I did get to have a book signed by him. I did get to have a conversation with him. I do have a photo of what? talking with him. Oh, my God. It's a high That's high. still on my bucket list. I can't even. It was it was a moment. That's another word. Something is not like the other. When my husband and I started dating, he asked me, who's your celebrity crush? Yeah, and he, you said Mark And he said, what's wrong with you? He thought you were going to say like George Clooney. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Kyle Chandler, a local favorite. Right. Yes. Who happens to live near me. Yeah. No. And you were like, Marcus Buckingham. He's like, what kind of hand are you? You're like, Ty knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yes. So um, all that to say, um, you came across all this body of work and across the body of work. And I thought, these are my people that I don't know who this is. But it, I mean, it really was one of those like cartoon epiphany yeah. and light bulbs. Yes. And I couldn't get enough. And I just yeah, like, who are these people? I want to go to there. Did you feel known? Yes. Yes. And it was so opposite of the environment I was in. And I mean, really, I remember putting the book down and looking up going like, what? I, <laughs> I, I've got to tell somebody about this. Yes. Be who are these people? Because fundamentally, they believe you can become exponentially better at what you're already good at and only right. incrementally better at what you're not good at. Right. And that you shouldn't. It's a bad ROI. Yes. To continue to try to get better in your areas of weakness. Which you hate. You weren't hired for. It's a bad spend of your energy. Yes. Yeah. And why do it? Right. I was like, yes. You were given you were given gifts and you wanted to continue to enhance those to yes. What? Yes. Yes. I know. Yes. Why does we let you do the thing we hired you to do? Yes. How about that? Yes. Instead of hey, I know, we're going to tell you the things you suck at, and then we're just going to beat that into you. Yes. And yeah. so at this place that we were working, I got so crystal clear on what I was terrible at. Oh. Because I was told that repeatedly. Yes. 
And honestly, Kyle, I got to the point where I didn't know what I was good at. And I think that happens that so many of our listeners, so many of our clients. Oh, beaten down. Yes. They don't even know who they are anymore. They don't. They don't know who they are. And this happens all the time. We were just talking about a a mutual person that we know who's kind of lost her way. Yeah. And she doesn't even realize how good she is. Yeah, Melissa. Yes. It's a it's honestly it it's not intended as a form of sort of verbal or psychological abuse, but it is it is in that family, right? Because somewhere along the way, someone decided, you know, you needed to be an expert at all of these 32 areas. Is that how many strengths are? 30, 34. Which I mean, that's ridiculous. You're you were given by the gods this beautiful set of gifts. And your only job sort of Mark Twain style, you know, the most important day is the day you're born, the day you find out why, right? And the why comes from those natural abilities and strengths. Right. So uh, I just, anyway, but I know I'm not the only one who had a moment like that. I think you had some similar moments like that. And I think it's that knowing, right? Um, we're going to talk in a second about community, the community we found in that knowing. But yeah, I mean, as you continue to uncover and identify those whispers that, are, that already exist, they've been there all along. So we just want to teach you how to observe them and, and lean into them a little bit more. Um, one of my uh, top five strengths, my number two strength is empathy. And in corporate America, I didn't tell anyone that number two was empathy. That's not held up, um, you know, as a, everyone wants to be strategic. Everyone wants to be achiever, right? So you're talking about strength shame, strength shame. But it's so interesting to see how the 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 strengths show up in a way that people value, but they don't have a language for it, right? And I love that you for strengths for you really brought you a language. And and I remember for me, I would often be I spent a lot of my time in in corporate America as an executive speechwriter and you end up coaching executives while you're writing their speeches and they're recording their speeches. And I would often have little nuances, you know, that I would give them. And I'd say, well, you know, employees or the public, you know, really want to know more about X. And they would always look at me with this confused expression because none of the data that they had had access to, employee surveys, public perception, pointed to that. And so they would always say, how do you know that? I mean, is that just anecdotal? That's what they would always ask me. And I would say, yes, it's anecdotal, but it's a piece of the puzzle. And the reason I know this is because employees and the public tell me. So I love the way you explain what empathy is. You are basically a a vessel as a sort of a radio station, and you've got kind of all these incoming signals. So it's interesting throughout my life, people have sought sort of refuge in me, I guess, and they would proactively reach out to me and tell me things. Some things I didn't want to know. Some things that I was honored to know. But I'm also a keen observer. And so I would often be sitting by myself, you know, at a lunch table, and I would just listen to what employees were saying. Or again, someone would reach out to me. And, And so I think that is an example of something that is valued in in corporate America, in the world, but there's not a language for, you know, how we would sort of recognize that. And again, I know that's what we both love about strengths and and all of these inventories is just really being known. Yeah. So that is interesting because you're right. That's not the dominant 
Myers-Briggs type or the not dominant disc type or the not um, most frequently found strengths binders um, type. And if you lead with, okay, I lead with empathy, um, that is, that might be a strength that someone laughs at or yes. is not the corporate image here. Right. That's a soft skill, that's I call it. Soft skill. Right. That's, that's not strategic. That's not analytical. That's not achiever. But what, is, what does that bring? Oh, gosh, you're paying attention. You have something to add to the party. Isn't that valuable? A thousand percent that's valuable, right? Yes. And in this day and age, you know, there's a there's a tie-in, and I talk a lot about the future of work, and, you know, one of the um, in-demand skills in the future and today is emotional agility. Oh, my gosh. And we we know that there's going to need, there's a need for people who can, you know, be agile in a myriad of situations, particularly as our society moves more to project work. I mean, corporate America, eventually, most people won't work for corporations. They will actually be project workers. And so, again, really honing in, uncovering, identifying, you know, what you bring to the table is, is really how you're going to be matched in the future with the right project. You know, if you want to start your own business, you know, however you want your strengths to um, sort of be experienced in the world. And so that knowing is so powerful. So one last thought before we get to our, our fun piece at the end in terms of how whispers can show up and be beneficial in your life. And I know for me, Kyla, that once I finally exited corporate America, I know it took about six months, but then it was my mom, actually, who said, you know, Ty, um, you are far less angry and irritable than you used to be. And I remember that really hit me. Yeah, as I thought, gosh, is my mom saying I was a real bitch? I mean, <laughs> I thought, gosh, that, oof, that, that was kind of, that was powerful. And I remember thinking my stint in, in corporate America, well, I mean, it really made me a much better business person. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wonder if it made me a worse human being. Yeah. And we know that that's because there's a disconnect between our natural state and our acquired state, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the closer we can be in our natural state day to day, I would, I believe there'd be no road rage. There'd be very, very, you know, very little workplace violence. All the things that we've seen, unfortunately, increase, I believe, is because of the gap that, that so many Americans and, and our society at large has to close every day between their natural state and acquired state. And I think that's what you and I found. That's why we started to have to have these mirror moments where we looked in the mirror and said, that's not who I am, first of all, and that's certainly not who I want to be, right? And I know that for you and I, you know, once you realize you're not like the other, um, which is a, we believe is a beautiful thing now, uh, then we have to find community, right, that is aligned with that. And I know for me, one of the um, one of those again uncoverings really happened. I was sitting at my desk in corporate America, looking out the window, dreaming of a different life. Couldn't figure out how to get it. And I was uh, I saw a musician that I loved was attending a conference in Portland called the World Domination Summit. I love the name of that, by the way. Right, that's the best. And I was so confused. Why would a musician, in a, in a a small musician? be attending the World Domination Conference. I knew there was a disconnect. And so I went and Googled it. And 
Come to find out, it was entrepreneurs. It was artists. It was outliers. It was people like me. It was founded by a guy who wrote a bestseller called The $100 Startup. And he has also traveled to almost every country in the world. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's more people like me. There's more people who want a different experience and have these uh, whispers and inclinations that are not like the other. And I know for you, there was similar community found in the Gallup organization. I know there was. And so that gets back to, you know, there's something out there. You have that pull. And even if you're not quite sure where it is, you, you have that pull. And so once I, I, I started reading, I mean, we've talked before on the previous episode that we're both big readers. And so I, I immediately went out there. I started reading. I was reading Don Clifton's work and Marcus Buckingham, obviously our celebrity crush. And when I was reading that stuff, I mean, really, it was this, it was this huge epiphany. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I, I really, I think I put the book down and I said that, that these are my people. And then to know then that there was a community mm -hmm. of those people. Yes. And to be able to reach out and know, okay, there is this Gallup organization. There are other strengths coaches. Yes. There are other people who believe this same way. Yes. And I can reach out to them. Yes. And guess what? Those people are my friends today and not just hypothetical friends or people that I've never met, but yes. they're they're my like in real life friend. Yes. Yes. That's so cool. Yes. And we're going to talk more in an upcoming episode about how to build community in the dream life that you're creating, because when you're when you're an outlier, it can feel very lonely to be on your own. And so we want to help you identify um, community as you start to build, you know, your nest before for the dream career and life that you're building. So we're going to close with um, what is something we love that we get to do because we own our own business. So what's something that's happened to you recently that was just a fun, a fun benefit in this new lens that we have in our life? So something fun. Uh, we were talking about earlier, a little bit offline, that a fun part of what we do is we don't have to go into an office. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, for those of you who have to go back, oh, my God, all the highs is your tone to. So um, my husband and I, one of our kids is in a national volleyball league, and she had a volleyball tournament in Las Vegas five weeks ago. I know, right? Old me corporate me would have never been able to accommodate this yes. in a thousand years. Uh, me today was like, okay, <laughs> let's go do it. <laughs> so we were able to take her to the volleyball tournament in Las Vegas. You know, I was checking a couple of emails. I think I might have had one call and otherwise had a great time. So it was just so much fun to be able to do that and not have it be a big deal. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It just, I didn't have to turn my life upside down. Yes. To be able to have my family yeah. and my work. Yes, exactly. And again, it's, I think we've both been surprised by how many companies are requiring a hybrid work experience. We've proven over the past two years that that's not needed. So for those of you that are not interested in hybrid work, you want to find community in a different way, like we're talking about, we found community, did not have to be through hybrid work. Hybrid work. 
you know, this might be the time to decide, you know, what it is that you really want and what are the elements of that. And similar to Tyann, I I feel like I have just more mental space. And I think about, I mean, something very small. Um, I was driving here and stopped to get gas and went into a convenience store in the old Kyla was all about soothing her feelings. Uh, she was, you know, there was a big gap between acquired state and natural state back then. And so she ate a lot of junk food, uh, you know, to soothe herself. And the new Kyla is much more in touch with, you know, fueling her body for this amazing life she has. And, and so it, it gave me some mental space to uncover these delicious um, fruit-based candies. <laughs> By the way, I can attest they are delicious. I had one. I am going to stop and get more of these things. I had never seen them before either. They were delicious. Delicious. And again, it, it just, I used to be on autopilot when I went into a convenience store. I would get, you know, what is the worst chip and candy I can get to soothe my feelings? And and now again, I'm in my natural state. And because I'm in my natural state, I've created just so much more space for, you know, in, in yes, intentionally, intuitively, what is my body really want and occasionally I want something sweet but these are fruit based they're out of Italy actually and yeah they were delicious so I would have never found those otherwise that <laughs> moment of joy at the gas station that's right <laughs> thanks again for joining us today and stay tuned again for upcoming episodes to continue to help you create your dream career in life take care bye